0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios, you've tuned in to the cold 10 stocks picked by you, plus a stock of the day I pick. we put them to our expert panel, we do it all in one hour, let's bring them straight in, Andrew Wyland from DP Wealth Advisory in Toowoomba, fresh back from a mega tour of Lego, <laughs> uh, the Northern
1: Hemisphere, uh, how was it Andrew? Oh, Koshi, good morning. And it was just, well, good afternoon as it would be to uh, the Mexicans. It, uh, it was amazing. I had uh, a, a great time. Great
0: what was time. it? Really five five days going through Lego headquarters, factory, all oh, right, design
1: team, you're a big Lego nut. Um, so head of sustainability, we could talk just about that if I hadn't signed an NDA. Uh, it was like, <laughs> the, way, the best way to describe it, Koshi, is I did the Willy Wonka tour of Lego in Berlin, and Denmark. Uh, it right. was a literally right. a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And it wasn't just me, there was a group of about 20 or 30 of us, a couple from Melbourne, and it was just amazing. I'm so grateful, it was really good um we should actually do a
0: separate chat with you on what you learned from lego you know the the organization the the business side of it
1: values challenges all that sort of stuff i mean again i know we're pushed for time but very briefly so that when we went in there it was three days and you know you're doing the whole thing and it was day two halfway through day two they actually shared their values and missions and purpose And with due respect, a lot of this stuff, you go, oh, yeah, well, they've ticked a box. You could literally feel like right from the get-go, as soon as they put it up on the board, you went, yep, you've been doing that all the way through, all the way through. Oh, okay. all I'm right. Happy to do that. We I'm need to
0: need to go into more depth, not here on the call. That's not what it's about. But yes, that sounds like another good segment. Henry Jennings from Marcus today, returning <laughs> from the uh, from Europe as well. Good to have the old team back. Good I to see you.
2: Good to be back, Kosha. Yeah. Good to be back. Didn't have quite such an exciting time no. as uh, the ultimate nerdy. In uh, in Legoland, but uh, still, London was uh, London was fun. London was calling, and it never disappoints. Never disappoints.
0: Um, on the day Charlie Munger died from Berkshire Hathaway, ninety nine years of age, one of the oracles of Omaha, um, Henry, he was he was at the Berkshire Hathaway AGM a couple of months ago, ninety nine, great yep. innings. Yeah. To me, he was the brains behind Warren Buffett.
2: You reckon? I think they were. I think, to be honest, they're both brains. You know, yeah. um, Charlie Munger clearly still had all his marbles and was sharp as a tack even right up till the end, um, which is quite amazing at yeah. ninety nine, isn't it? So, yeah. um, you know, a great innings, as they say, and um, yeah, certainly a seminal figure in investment along with Warren Buffett. I mean, Warren's no spring chicken no. either. He's not far behind uh, Charlie in terms of years. So. Um, Yeah, I mean, we're all getting older, aren't we?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But Andrew, these two blokes have set the investment strategy for so many professionals globally, haven't they? The impact they've had on funds management and investment advice is staggering. I don't think
1: there would be two others that have had the impact. No, not at all. And as you know, I'm a big believer in passive investing and, you know, it's hard to beat markets, but, you know, my rejoinder is always, but there's always a Warren Buffett. really, I should have also said, and there's always a Charlie Munger. They were the dynamic duo. They are the, they will always be the dynamic duo, but you're right, certainly the way that they, analyzed businesses, took big calculated bets um, at the right time, you know, very smart guys and the the, uh, finance world is better off for their input. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's get into uh, the
0: call on the stocks we're going to be covering this half hour. Uh, Hastings technology, uh, beta shares because uh, we always have the ETFs because (laughs) we've got the whisperer here. India quality ETF, Uh, IND it's called. Will it rank up there with quoll? Uh, we'll find out very shortly. S2 Resources, Sonic Healthcare and Boss Energy. Uh, stock of the day, um, lots happening uh, today. CSL had a good update with its flu vaccine going into Japan. Um, we had lots of trading updates, but EML currently hampered by a number of uh, EBITDA and cash flow negative business lines due to deteriorating customer performance and increasing costs. Uh, did post a year-to-year October revenue of over $93 million, up 39% previous period. Underlining, uh, underlying earnings almost tripled to $12.5 million. Looking ahead, the company expects underlying earnings to be in the $52 to $58 million dollar range. Market, though, just came to, look at that down almost 30%. Henry, what did you think of the update? It has been in this stock has been in the wars for a long time, hasn't
2: it? This stock has been in the wars for a long time. <laughs> I think that's an understatement. It did have a, a period of a truce. It is had it? Uh, there was a meeting in no man's land, and there was a bit of a truce there. Unfortunately, uh, the truce is over. Uh, th- this company don't... Uh,
0: just look at that. It didn't last long. You're looking at your your truce there, July August. Yeah. And (laughs) now it's back to the same level, exactly
2: (laughs) what you said. There's many things that have uh, had that sort of effect at the moment. Uh, I guess the problem is that they're shrinking back to their core business of of, um, prepaid cards, you know, the ones you see in the supermarket. Gift cards. Gift cards. um, Which you would imagine... I'm not sure is, is the growth engine that investors were really going for. There's been a lot of shareholder activism by uh, Altafox on this one, trying to um, simplify the business. Obviously, they've had a lot of problems in, in Ireland with money laundering, et cetera, or alleged money laundering issues. So it's, it's not been a happy story, and I guess, you no. know, 30% off today, they have reshaped the business today. 30% smaller uh, in terms of market cap, at least uh, today. So, mm. um, you know, it, it's one that you kind of get tempted into every now and then. And there has been uh, along the way some takeover rumors and some. It was $5.70 a couple of years ago. I you know. Think, I know. Oh,
0: is the worst over? Uh, get me Irish, I'm okay, and all I, that topic. I remember
2: going to a, um, a presentation day they had, talking about all the technology and everything they had, and they had all these wonderful speakers that were using the EML payments technology in their business from all over the globe. Yeah. I did not understand a single word of it. <laughs> okay. I had no idea what this business did. Right. I, and I think the market finally came to the conclusion that nobody had any idea what this business did, and not even the management had any yeah. idea what this business did. It just looked really cool on paper, like WeWork. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. one of those cool things. Yeah. Um, and clearly it came a cropper in Ireland that constrained their business. They're going back to basics. But yeah, I mean why? Yeah, I mean, yeah, why yeah. be there at the end of the day? Yeah, it really yeah. doesn't do it for me, even with a 30% fall. As I say, every now and then you get tempted because there are some M&A rumours about it. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of tempting, I guess, for private equity to look at it. And maybe uh, there's something there. But, you know, shrinking to greatness is never, never nah. a great thing, is it? Let's nah. face it? There's You want growth stocks yeah. at the moment. That's where the money is. And some stability. And, and uh, some stability, uh, <laughs> stability, certainty, and not doing the wrong thing. I must admit, when they, when they got
0: sort of stung for money laundering in Ireland. I thought, email, gift cards, money yeah. laundering, how's that and then I thought it through and went, It's not a bad one. <laughs> but if if you had a dodgy ten grand, buy but, ten grand's worth of Bunnings gifts cards and And then,
2: and, and you didn't know only too well about the whole scams that go yeah. on. Where I you know my, my daughter was the victim of one of these scams where you have to buy gift cards, etc. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. The, You know, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot more moving parts. this and you as I say, one day I saw there were all these people and I had no idea okay. what the hell was going on.
1: Andrew, what do you think of the update? And would you uh, would you be when in you it? Words, yeah, sorry Koshi, when you see words like refocus uh, reducing management distraction or my personal favourite Im- improved um, regulatory risk profile <laughs> whatever that means <laughs> um then, yeah, I mean, if if that's not a danger, Will Robinson sign, I'm I'm not quite sure what else you need. Um, If you look at the PE uh, prior to today, sorry, including today, it's trading on around 10 times earnings, assuming that you have confidence in the 2025 numbers. Um, So, you know, 10 times is okay. Technically, 40 cents is where you want to be buying it. We're at the moment 77, so I'm not saying it's going to 40, but I'm just saying for the risk you're being asked to bear, whilst management refocuses having reduced their distraction and looking at their regulatory risk profile, uh, 77 cents is not appealing. So okay. thanks, but no thanks. No, all right.
0: Okay, let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a look at and uh, Georgia. Um wants a view Henry on Hastings Technology Metals Georgia says first time email long time listener viewer to the series question for Henry oh he's oh, yeah, po- putting the asset on you now what are your thoughts on Hastings it had a very big drop over the last year or so just wanted your opinion whether this company is too high risk or whether it would be worth a punt of course it's in rare earths uh with deposits in WA
2: Yep. um Hi Georgia, uh, I got to say, you know, this is not Robinson Crusoe. Right. If, to a man, I think that you know the junior explorer sector, those that are on the cusp of you know building, getting finance, etc., um, have struggled. Whether yeah. it's rare earths, whether it's lithium to an extent, uh, whether it's base metals or whatever it is, the resource sector has been troubled. I, I was in London recently for a resource conference and there was a lot of focus on how hard it was for getting funding for projects, yep. how the market had been smashed, there was no confidence, fund managers were very down in the mouth about the whole thing. Um, Hastings Rare Earth falls under that banner. I have to say it's, it's not got a very high market cap and it's got a pile of cash. Uh, I think it's got 67 million bucks in cash, 95 million dollar market cap, but it has been a one way ride as you can see. Yep. To nowhere, yeah, yeah, in terms of the and share. that
0: big spike up because America is trying to encourage these sort of companies to develop more rare earths so yeah. it can diversify away from China. Yeah, I mean,
2: there's, there's no, I mean, we keep talking about this there's, there's no rarity in rare earths, no, you know, Mount Weld that Linus have got in WA is, is massive. Yeah, the problem is processing the stuff, yep. Um, so you know, these guys. I've got Because
0: environmentally it's ugly, isn't it? Well.
2: Environmentally it's not good. Yeah. Um, it does throw off radioactive elements, which tend yeah. to be kind of dirty, which yeah. is why Linus has the Malaysian uh, processing plant, which has come in for lots of criticism and yeah. lots of politics over the years. These guys have got the Yangi uh, Bana uh, rare earth project in Western Australia in the Gascoyne region. It's, um, I mean, it's not a bad project, but yeah. it's going to require funding. They have done a novel funding deal Um, which I think is going to weigh on the share price in the short term in terms of getting the money to do it. So would you prefer? I think I'd prefer, you know, if you're going to play the rare earths game, I think I'd prefer. Go for the think market leader. I kind of like the, I was talking to uh, the guys at Equity Mates yesterday, lovely guys, Um, the Amway approach. You know, you try and have the best... Right. In, the, in the breed. You right. don't offer all the choice because there's no point. You just go for the best one. And if you like the rare earth space, Linus, so Linus is, Linus is the one. They just had an extension of their uh, Malaysian permitting as well, which is good. And they're bringing processing. They're bringing processing into Australia. Australia and into Texas in the US. Right. And as I say, Mount World is a, is a massive, okay. massive uh, deposit there. So, 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 Georgia,
0: Linus a better option. Linus
2: probably a better option. Hastings, you know, if you want to punt... Go yeah. for it. But I think financing is the issue there. And this, this novel funding mechanism, I think, will weigh on the share price. OK.
1: Um, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, the positives are that they have got a new CEO and he's ex-Minres. So certainly yeah, got some oh. expertise there, okay. and as my uh, learned friend also says, a couple of dollars in the bank as well. So you know that's great. But they've already spent about 120 million. They're still going, and this novel approach still has them at about 60% gearing. So it's going to be pretty highly geared. Um, I note again, trying to be optimistic. You know, post uh, post Lego. You know, the, the positive is fighting <laughs> to get out. That's all right. As, as we go through the hour, it'll sort of temper itself. But the um, short interest, uh, which peaked in this business. In other words, people selling it in anticipation that they think the share... price is going to fall short interest peaked in september and it's sort of it's come right off so again maybe that's the market trying to tell us that they don't think there's too much more pain but you know when you're down 70 odd percent for one year and down 26 percent per annum for five years i mean how much pain are you being asked to endure so i agree with henry i think there's better ways to play it but uh if they can execute it and they've got the right people there and they've got money in the bank it uh, it could be okay but you know safety first i think linus would be the way to do it Okay. All right. Okay.
0: Thank you, Andrew. All right. The uh, Another one for you, number two for the Whisperer. Uh, mark wants a, uh, a view, Whisperer, on India quality ETF. You talk about Qual, the Australian quality um, share ETF a lot. Uh, mark says, last year paid a dividend. However, I note it's cash flow and return on equity is negative. What's happening? Question mark. Any other recommendations? Question mark. Well, over, don't do recommendations, over to you. Of
1: course, Koshy. We don't do recommendations, of course. This is uh, general information only. To speak yeah. to your financial advisor. Um, but uh, it's actually a two for question. So the, the first one is relating to Mark's specific question around, you know, I know that's cash flow and ROA is negative. So we might just pause there. So, These these ETFs, all ETFs put out an annual report. So you're certainly more than welcome to read it and, you know, try and digest it. That's fine. But really, you shouldn't be looking at these annual reports as if you're analysing BHP or Commonwealth Bank or Hastings Technology Metals. Because really what you're buying with the ETF is you're buying a basket. You're really interested in what's in the basket. So the analysis around cash flow and ROE for the ETF itself is probably redundant. You need to actually be looking at the underlying company. So that sort of answers the first part. We then get to iimd itself and you're right koshi um quality um you know the one etf to rule them all as we know um, that quality factor is a really important factor i think and it's certainly one that's been pretty kind to my super fund and, and our clients here um, but this particular one only holds thirty particular companies. So if we have a look, there's um, another one that's on the ASX, NDIA, and that's from Global X. It holds the top fifty companies, the largest and most liquid companies. Right. So this one, IRND, top thirty quality, uh, NDIA, NDIA is the top fifty but they're more liquid. So there's sort of two different ones. There's more funds under management in this one. So in other words, the market is warming more to this one than the other one. This one is a touch more expensive, it's 80 basis points. Well, for an ETF that is expensive, but relative to NDIA, the NDIA is around 69 basis points. But really, if you look at India in general, Indian companies are quite expensive, you know, they're trading on from memory, the PE's around 27, 28 times. So you're actually paying quite a lot. Now there's a lot of growth going on in India. So there's lots to like about India. But if you look at the Australian market, as I just said before, like you can buy the Australian market for twenty twenty five at fourteen times earnings. Right. So call it half price. So you've got to say to yourself, am I going to get double the growth on my Australian shares relative to buying India? So certainly I'm not against India, but you are paying a full price for India. It's a coming full circle. Quality is a good way to try and make sure you're buying the right companies but you also have a lot of concentration risk in there. It's 21% IT, 17% financials, and 16% material. So they have got to make sure that the right quality companies are working. I don't mind this ETF, and if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably choose this one, but from a valuation of the Indian market in general, it's neither here nor there. You probably wanna see a bit of a pullback, but the question is, Koshi, what's gonna cause that market to pull back? Yep, okay. Yep. Uh, Henry, can <laughs> I, uh, you
2: can you add anything to the whisperer on uh, the Indian ETFs? Not really. I've got to say he's he's an expert as usual. Um, you, you know, I, I know very little about Tata. I know very little about uh, or Tata Infosys. I know very little about Hindustan Unilever or Kotak Mahindra Bank. So you know, at the end of the day, you're taking a a, a bet on the Indian.
0: Yeah. A sector. A
2: sector, a thing. Um, As always with ETFs, look at what the underlying assets are, whether you're getting the right exposure that you want. As Andrew says, you are quite skewed towards IT, which is what you would expect out of India. Uh, There's no doubt that India is emerging uh, considerably, in the shadow of China, you know, there's been a lot of focus on China, not much on India. Now we're seeing a lot more focus on India as China sort of loses that um, popularity. But this has only got, I think it's only got 92 million bucks worth of the stuff out there as an ETF. So it's pretty small. There's not a great deal of interest in it. Um, Yeah, it's Andrew's probably nailed it. Nailed it. Okay.
0: All right. Back to your wheelhouse now. Resources. Well yeah. uh, Foo wants a uh, a view on uh, S two Resources. Henry um, operates in Finland and Australia. Copper, zinc, gold, nickel, and platinum metals.
2: Yup. Um, not one that I come across. I must admit, this is the first mm. time I've looked at it. It's got a, a lot of uh, a lot of cross. Well, it's got a lot of assets in other companies. Uh, it's got some uh, cash. Four point four million in cash. Uh, it's got an investment in Todd River Resources as well, TRT, um, which is about 11.5% of the company. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a punt, It's speculative. Um, I've got to say, it didn't really grab me, I, right. must, I must admit. I, it didn't grab me enough for me to go digging a little deeper in terms of uh, the valuation here. It doesn't trade huge volumes, and it has been kind of stuck around 17, 18 cents yeah. for quite a while. There's been, there was a blip up to 22 briefly, but that was... Because um, we've got a lot of these sorts of explorers on the market. We've got millions,
0: Yeah, we've yeah, yeah. got millions. So
2: how do you choose? Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, that there's two things uh, that you look at for, for explorers is, is I guess, is, is the drill results. Yep. But also, I think the important thing is management, and we've seen it. The, the best example I can give you of management being you know, really crucial is when you look at something like Genesis Minerals. Now, they're not so much an explorer, they're more an acquirer, but the, uh, the CEO there who built uh, Northern Star to an extent, uh, Raleigh Finlayson, has done an extraordinary job. He's taken that company, gold producer now, uh, from a sort of a, a glimmer in his father's eye of $150 million market cap to $1.5 billion in right. the space of uh, two years. So acquisitions, consolidation of the Leonora mining uh, district. So in
0: this space, you'd look at Managed. something like a, a Genesis.
2: Well, it's, it's not a, an explorer. But if you're looking at it, explorers, just the drill bit's going to drive it. Um, yeah. You know, the, These guys, it, it is a rinse and repeat kind of exercise. They, they raise money, they drill, they get the results, the shares spike up. They raise more money. They drill. Like you keep doing it, and until yeah. you get to the point where you start looking at funding options and different studies, scoping PFS, DFS, bankable feasibility studies, whatever. Um, but it's driven by the drill bit. Right. And we've seen that with some of these lithium plays. Some of them have gone nuts. Yeah. Despite the fact that lithium has dropped seventy percent in a year, mm. uh, the actual commodity. Uh, some of the explorers have gone mad because they've had such great hits. Yep, but yep. they're 10 years away from mining, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, You know, yep. so the um, market gets all excited. They raise money. The market gets all excited again at some stage because they get the results. and it Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And they, it, it goes on Aphanitis. And item. then get bought. Yeah. Yep. So trade them, you know. Okay. Tr- sell into the rallies and uh, then you'll get offered stock cheaper at some stage, probably, if you want.
0: Okay. Andrew, your view. Of, uh, does your view differ on S
1: two? No, not at all. In fact, I was just looking at Finland. I almost went to Finland. Finland's fifty minutes from Stockholm, but the weather was worse than <laughs> Helsinki. Do you, do you get, get the feeling that for it's the, the happiest Lego, place Lego, in the world?
0: I uh, know. Well, it's uh, sad that comes from Lapland, his yep. village. Do you get the feeling that the call over the next six months, every call will have some link we're, back to Lego? We're going to see.
2: There? Yeah, we're going to see reindeer. <laughs> is on Andrew at some stage, aren't we all? It is. Lego reindeer. <laughs> all is,
0: right, despite say. the fact it's near Lego, uh, <laughs> would you invest in it?
1: Sorry, Koshi, I'm back on message. Um, <laughs> no, and Henry, Henry is absolutely bang on. They've only got four quarters of cash left. They'll find something, raise a heap of money, as Henry said, rinse and repeat. So, as as, as interesting as it sounds, thanks but no thanks. Okay,
0: all right. Uh, Ed wants a view, uh, Andrew, in the uh, healthcare, spa- healthcare space. Healthcare space is doing pretty well all up today. Fisher and Pike all had a good report. CSL, as we said before, a good trading update. Ed wants a view on Sonic Healthcare, the uh, path- mainly a pathology business, but uh, a bit of uh, imaging on the side as well.
1: Yeah, healthcare's had a pretty hard run of it, uh, in particular around that Osmipec. I think I'm saying that right, you know, the, the, the weight Zen loss peck, drug. And yeah. The Ozempic. Osmipec, yeah. It's almost like Fortescue, Henry. It, um, I, was, anyway, I was just about well, to say that, actually, Andrew. <laughs>
0: well, well it, uh, that got so stupid, I was at a function last night, and um, Ben Clark, we talked about healthcare and the impact of a Zenpec, which is the weight loss drug and stuff like that, and he reckoned... Uh, a Zempec hysteria reached a peak about two months ago when JP Morgan put out a uh, research paper um, saying airline stocks would go through the roof because Americans would be slimmer yeah, and not happen. adding weight to the planes and they'd <laughs> they'd save on fuel and wouldn't need to pack as much. And he goes, that's how stupid the analysis
2: has got on that. Yeah, because they don't even weigh you when you go on the plane. They weigh your luggage. They don't weigh you. (laughs) But anyhow, let's get back on to Sonic. Thankfully.
1: Back to Sonic. Um, So Sonic had its moment in the sun, and without trying to make light of it, when it was peak COVID, that was their moment in the sun. And even though COVID is obviously still a thing, albeit, again, travelling overseas, I'm sure Henry agrees, pretty much it wasn't a thing, you know, like it was normal. Um, if you look at Sonic, uh, their COVID or um, the, the revenue that they're sort of deriving from COVID, if I can put it that way around, the testing is now down 80%. So that real boost that the business had has really come back. And that's why the price is um, under a bit of pressure. The thing that concerns me, Koshi, about um, Sonic is that to compensate for that lack of growth is they've gone beauty. Let's go offshore and you know certainly we've had a number of successful companies go offshore you know Westfield immediately comes to mind Lendlease on occasion got it right uh, but there is uh, certainly plenty of other companies that have not got it right and uh, um, they're looking Sonica looking at sort of expanding into Europe and that to me is a big amber flashing light so uh, I note the fact that management's buying shares that's a positive but the integration risk the cultural risk of them moving offshore to me is a real concern so mm. and best this this is a hold and I'm not wishing them bad news, but uh, Aussie companies going offshore, not a great track
2: record. Andrew? Mm. Yeah, I do tend to agree with Andrew uh, on this one. It, it hasn't been easy for these guys and we've seen it especially with Helios, which again is in a similar yeah. business. They, they really failed to appreciate how quickly Um, sort of life was changing after covid uh, and really suffered Uh, they have had a bit of a rebound in the last few days a few big uh, funds taking positions these guys are buying a u.s medical technology business pathology watch uh, 130 million in u.s cash and debt Um, so yeah andrew's right you know going overseas for growth is great if you get it right um, certainly, something like ProMedicus has done very well mm, with the yeah. uh, the imaging business. We yeah. even saw today uh, 4DX, which is the next gen of lung imaging, uh, did a deal with Philips, um, and that's got them mm. all excited. It's pretty cool technology. 4DX has got. Um, but this is, you know, this is run of the mill pathology kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, your blood plasma test. Having said that, every time I go and have my um, blood tested to make sure it's still there, um, there's always. <laughs> It's always crowded as hell. Yeah. Um, It's very, very busy, always.
0: It's a a GP's default. It is a GP's default. Feel bad, go and get a blood test.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, you have to do the fasting thing, so you feel like you should go a bit later so that you beat the rush, but there's a rush throughout the day. Um, So it's a a good, solid business. It's performed not particularly well post-COVID. Obviously there was that big spike up. I yeah. think there's probably better healthcare businesses, and we've seen that today with CSL with their update. Yep. Um, you know, Ben last night I saw him talking about the Ozempic effect. You know, it costs a fortune. Oh yeah. He was he was saying in the US it's costing twelve thousand dollars a year, US dollars a year for Ozempic. Mm. Um, and all the side effects are now just coming through too. <laughs> and there's all the. I mean, there, there, you know, is this a magic pill that just yeah, instantly? Yeah makes things it's not even a pill it's an injection yeah. but is this something that works so well um i'm not sure no. and it's really early days and you know i don't think resmed's business model is completely stuffed because of a Zempic. No. i don't think csl is completely stuffed on the vifor side of things because of a Zempic. um i think sonic is in a hole and is scratching for ways to okay. get out of it so you wouldn't even have it as a whole if you got it and you've get out suffered of it. if you got it, and you need to do something a little bit racier and some more performance. Yeah, maybe get out of it. Otherwise, it's probably best to hold. Okay,
0: all right. Uh, Fitstock uh, uranium stock. Uh, Boss Energy uh, has the Honeymoon Uranium Project in South Australia. Um, first production um, end of. Uh, this quarter. Yeah, it's, it's so close.
2: It's pretty close. Isn't the honeymoon right? period is uh, is over, or yeah. it's just beginning, Yeah, really, for BOSS. Uh, BOSS has been one of the go-tos, I guess, in the uranium space, and a lot of people have warmed to uranium, and there's been a lot of talk that basically for the energy transition to really happen, you know, we're going to have to embrace uranium. So uh, that has really helped. Obviously, there's issues. There's, there's two main suppliers. There's obviously Kazakhstan and, and Canada with Cameco, uh, with Cigar Lake, and uh, both have been a little bit constrained. There's political risk, obviously, with Kazakhstan being kind of close to Russia. Um, so there's been a lot of focus on uranium recently. And it's been kind of, I wouldn't say it's as hot as lithium. Mean, it was a year ago, lithium was so hot. Yes. November 2022. Here we yep. are a year later, and it's, yep. it's, it's in the toilet. Um, Uranium is taking over. Boss is one of the ways to play it. I don't mind it. The project's on track, ninety percent complete. First production coming soon. It's licensed, etc., etc., etc. So the risk is diminishing. So it's
0: going to earn some money.
2: It's going to earn some money. It's not promising anything. It's however, gonna... however, sometimes, and this happened with Core Lithium in the lithium space. You now it was It's the next, or it was going to be this time last year, the next lithium producer yeah. in Australia, and it started producing, and then it had issues ah. than it had production issues because it becomes a more you know it's a more boring mundane business yeah. of you know actually producing and it, it becomes and
0: show, it shows you how hard it is to run a mine
2: it's hard you
0: just t- can't it's, take it for granted it's hard oh, you're
2: just going to dig the dirt out of the ground no it's hard because you've got to optimize it and you've got to you know you, you have a plan but as everyone knows, everyone has a plan until Mike Tyson punches you on the chin.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, And this is what happened with Core. They have production problems. I'm not saying Boss will have the same, but there is a new risk okay. starting. So once they're in production, there is a risk, obviously, they can't get as much as they thought. They can't ramp up production as quickly as they thought. So there is a risk. But certainly, you know, they're all getting close, Paladin's close in Namibia. Yeah. Boss, uh, Deep Yellow is another one that uh, the market likes when uranium's hot. So there are a number of ways to play it. Boss is, is close to that production, which is good. So Redmium, you is it? good. Um, it's could be buying it. It comes and goes uranium. It's hot one minute and cold the next. Uh, it's a little bit colder at the moment, um, so I'd just probably be waiting. I'd okay. like to see the production ramp up um, really. So, if you got it hot, yeah. But okay. if you if you love the uranium story, those are the three: Paladin, Boss, and Deep Yellow. Okay and
0: uh, got a lithium stock coming up in the second half.
2: Um, View on Boss
0: Andrew.
1: Yeah, um, Koshi, if you look at the uranium price up 8% for the month and 40% for the year. So, you know, this whole (laughs) geopolitics, this whole clean energy. And again, I I promise I won't keep bringing up uh, my trip, but it's important in this context that (laughs) one of the key things I took away from the Scandi trip Andrew Scandy adventure, as I delicately have been putting it, they actually believe over there in climate change and and sort of caring for the environment and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not saying we don't care. It's just our politicians don't seem to have a policy that reflects that. And so as a consequence, there really is a much greater. Uh, government policy direction around that. And so therefore, that's why we're seeing uranium as sort of one of these clean energy sources. Obviously, things like 2011 in Japan sort of takes quite the tarnish off that. But uh, 10 years on and certainly the geopolitical frame. So you can see why people are really sort of looking at this. And from a pure place, one of the pure plays, but from a valuation point of view, I think valuation is around three dollars forty-five, or consensus rather, is around three forty-five. So certainly, if there was, if it was to pull back, it's probably a buy. But for the time being, to me, O'S is a hold. Okay.
0: All right. Let's recap. Right. Recap the first five stocks and stock of the day, EML. Um, according to Andrew and Henry, don't go anywhere near it. Uh, Hastings pretty similar from both of them. If you want to go rare earths, Um, Henry always thinks, just go to the best of breed, um, and that's Linus. Uh, The BetaShares India Quality ETF. Um, If you like India and you want to invest in India, um, according to to Andrew, this is a a good one to be in. Uh, Narrow focus, 30 stocks. Uh, NDIA, um, uh, the code for um, another similar ETF, but with 50 Indian stocks, might be worth a look as well. And according to Henry, you know, whatever Andrew said on this um, <laughs> S2 resources, no from both. Uh, SODIC, no, uh, a hold from both. Um, Henry skewing a bit towards uh, a sell if you um, think it can do better with your money. Uh, and BOSS, a hold from both. Here on the call, we've been following our own high-conviction fantasy fund. It was picked by the Investment Committee. Uh, uh, Next committee meeting, the December one, will be up next week. In November, they trimmed a percent from MA Financial, stuck that in Challenger. Uh, Portfolio has rebounded up uh, almost 9%. I think that would be on the back of uh, (laughs) CSL's turnaround, which was dragging it down a bit. Um, But keep sending in all your requests to the call because that's the first step up. Um, Look, have you ever wondered about the secret to success in stock picking? Well, stock doctors Daniel Ortiz and Tim Lincoln um, uh, are going to lift the lid on the rigorous filters they use and the processes to pick stocks and power returns. Thursday, 11 o'clock, live or on demand. That's tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Secrets have uh, led the Stock Doctor Star Stocks funds to a yield of 17.3% return since inception per annum. Don't miss this opportunity to ask them questions. (coughs) Excuse me. To learn how they do it, it's free to register. Head to osbiz.co slash stock doctor, 11 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, this half hour, the Global X US 100 ETF, Alchem, Dexus, the Beta Shares, Active Australian Hybrid Fund, that's a mouthful, and Blackstone Minerals. All right, Andrew, uh, Guy wants to be on the Global X US
1: 100 ETF. Yeah, so really, as the name sort of implies, it's in essence tracking the NASDAQ, but because they don't have the licensing agreement that BetaShares does, because there's a competing BetaShares product, they can't actually say that. So Mm. BetaShares product is NDQ. Um, The the thing to like about the Global X one is it's half the fee. It's only 24 basis points versus 48 basis points. So that's certainly attractive. It does follow a different index, So again, it's not like for like, but it's similar, if that makes sense. Um, It is just full of tech. Either way you look at it, um, you know, it's around um, 49% tech. Uh, But if you look at the individual weightings, the bigger names, the Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, they've all got similar weightings in that regard. So... Um, it's only relatively new, Koshi. It's only got about $10 million funds under management. So as you know, one of my rules, I just like to let the thing settle. Whereas if you look at NDQ, I think it's now over $2 billion funds under management. So to me, if you're looking at playing that space, That sort of us nasdaq tech space then you do ndq certainly ivv as a broader s p 500 exposure because as the name suggests the s p 500 is you're buying the top 500 names in the us and you've got a pretty strong tech bias there so to me ivv or of course the uh, the bonus bonus pick koshi QUS. i don't mind either which is an equal weight So again, if you're worried about tech, but you do think, I want to buy the top 500 names in the US, then it buys basically 0.25% of each one of those companies. So certainly nothing wrong with this one. Me personally, a bit more diversification, IVV, or if you're being even more of a scaredy cat, if I can put it that way, QUS. Okay. All
2: right. And a bit early for this one. Uh, Henry? Um, I think this is the first uh, stock that Andrew's commented on that he hasn't included a trip down Finland Lane <laughs> or, or Lego Lane, which is uh, which is quite, quite rare um, in this environment. Um, yeah, it's only new, it's small, um, it's a little bit of liquid from time to time. It does what it says on the tin. Uh, I think NDQ is a much better way to play, right. to be honest. Um, it's it's established, it's big. I mean, this this hasn't really performed very well, but then it's only been you know a few it's months only old, very new. so okay. yeah.
0: All right, uh, Henry Anthony wants a view. Let's go back to lithium space. A view on Alchem. Mm. Alchem. Be one of the top three or four.
2: It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a mega. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: you know, it's going to be a mega diversified. Alchem came up around from the merger of Oricobre and Galaxy yep. uh, some years ago, and now it is merging again. It's like some sort of. Um, Uh, Game, Some sort of Lego game, perhaps. (laughs) Um, It's merging again with LiveEnt. Right. So the two of them are coming together. Um, January the 4th. So they've got a history of rolling up. Well, rolling up and merging. Right. Yeah, mergers. They're not always of equals. Right. Um, I don't think Galaxy and Oracle from memory was an equal kind of merger. There was a dominant partner in that. Yeah. Alchem has been a bit of a dog, To say the least, as have a lot of lithium producers yeah, this so year. from June, it's, it's been horrible. Half. You know, look at. Uh, you know,
0: have they all done that, or is yeah, yeah? I mean, this, you,
2: this more than the others. Uh, I think this more than the others. Right. Um, the whole merger thing complicates matters, and we've seen it with uh, with Newmont and Newcrest. Yeah. Uh, that merger there, kind of. You know, Newmont has the gold price has been going up, and one of our members was wondering why Newmont hadn't been following the gold price. And I said, well, I don't really follow Newmont per se. Um, But now, obviously, we do because of the Newcrest merger, far more. But um, one of the reasons is the merger just makes life a little complicated. And I think the market struggles to get a grip on it. The analysts um, in Newmont then have to get a grip on the Newcrest assets, and the Newcrest analysts have to get a grip on the Newmont asset. It takes a while to settle down. And I think Alchem has been suffering from this it's got lots of the approvals it needs january 4th um, but at the end of the day it is still all about the lithium price and you know the lithium price where it is at the moment has put the kibosh on pilbara Uh, there's 556 million shares of pilbara shorted officially wow 18 nearly 20 percent of pilbara is shorted so it's crazy I think you know this one a bit like Newmont, and we saw Newmont six percent up last night in the states with a small rise in the gold price. Things are starting to settle down. I think this one will probably do the same once we get through the January uh, deadline when it all happens, and I think then it will start to perform better relative. But it's still at the mercy of the lithium price. So So um, you've
0: right. It's run down. It's run down. It's
2: probably under. It has underperformed Pilbara in. It has overperformed, outperformed compared to Alchem. And I think that uncertainty about the merger, the complications. Yeah. You know, you're stuck between you know one so world. So stick and with it. I'd I'd probably stick with it, but you might see a little more downside before okay. that January fourth. Would you 4th. put new money in? Um, if you're putting new money into the lithium space, Pilbara to me is still the cleanest, simplest right. uh, business with a pile of cash valuation has come down a lot. There is a massive short position at some stage. If they get even the slightest good news, some of that short's gonna to have to cover. Right. Um, and I think that one is still the way to play it uh, for me, Alchem and the live event thing is still yet to settle. Okay. And maybe you know, you look at it in February, March, when things have settled down, the deal's done. It's now. I think it's called uh, what's it? The new one, Arcadium Lithium. Right. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of new stationery. They've got a print, a lot of <laughs> lot of signage, business cards, costs. There are synergies, but you know, it'll take a while for that to happen. Settle down,
1: Andrew. Yeah. Who am I to argue with the lion king? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly all sage words. And I agree, like, again, obviously, I don't follow lithium anywhere near as, uh, as much as Henry. But, you know, as soon as I hear something is 20% shorted, you're uh, talking Pilbara. Then obviously, it's the, the, the merest hint of good news, and those guys and girls who are shorting it, they're going to be covering like there's no tomorrow. So, certainly from that point of view, I think that's, you know, take nothing else out of this little segment. It's very sage advice, not the we give advice. Probably the key thing here is that it's going to be a CDI. So, in other words, it's sort of almost going to be like um, ResMed, as an example. Um, and CDIs can be a little bit tricky in the context that, you know, there's like a conversion ratio sometimes, there's US tax forms to fill out. They have a bit of a bad rap, but um, people aren't as enamored with on CDIs because, of course, um, it's also going to be listed on the New York Stock Exchange. So, right. that, again, is just right. a okay. complication. Yeah. On balance, okay. it's a whole
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Let's go to building now. Um, Andrew, Zane wants a view on DEXUS, the uh, uh, property group, uh, mainly in commercial, but also manages funds as well.
1: Yeah, without trying to bring the listed property sector the kiss of death, I think they're actually at a turning point. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that, there's two key things that are occurring. Bond yields seem to be peaking. Uh, on anticipation that interest rates are either close to peaking or have have peaked. I think there's probably one more rate rise here uh, early next year. But as soon as uh, there's an expectation that bond yields are falling, then that's a positive for valuations on rates. That's one thing. The other thing, which probably you don't mention too much, Koshy, is there's been a lot of workplace law cases and fair work cases relating to work from home and uh you know 3 years ago anyone could work from home but there seems to be a lot more Um, rigour being applied to people working from home and, dare I say, some counterbalance coming back. So between those two things, from a valuation point of view and work from home being less attractive than what it has been in the past, that certainly plays well into the hands of the REITs and, in particular, DEXIS. I mean, they're 95% occupied on the commercial, so it's not terrible for them, but that will certainly help them. They're very strong in industrial as well, DEXIS, about 99% occupancy. Um, Low gearing... Overall, the sector's just been in the world of hurt for those oh, two particulars. So you're saying awesome. a buy? Yeah, I think it's a buy. I think, I think REITs in general are turning. Okay. Um, me personally, surprisingly, I'd say buy VAP, which is the Vanguard, buys the top 29 uh, I uh, thought that so was, that was that a
0: vaping beat here, or, <laughs> or, VAP, or, <laughs> or, all
1: right. Is there,
0: would, that yeah. be, would that be your best, your number one REIT turnaround? I think so. Okay. Maybe Charter Hall. Maybe
1: Charter Hall. All
2: right. Henry? I agree? agree. Low inflation rate today. Good number today, 4.9%. The uh, monthly number is a little bit... Volatile. volatile, and it's only a new thing that the ABS has brought in doing yeah. the monthly number, but still it beat consensus at yeah. 5.2, which is good. Um, I don't mind Dexus, and I don't mind REITs, um, and I know they've... Get a bad rap, into, you know. Andrew oh. talking about them down the dumps. Oh. Look at Goodman Group. Oh, yeah. I think they're nearly at an all-time high. Uh,
0: they are, but that's that's uh, uh, know, an I outsider. I know it is an outsider,
2: Gen- but it's still, you know, it's a particularly well-run reit. It's yeah, getting yeah, into data yeah. centers, logistics, etc. It is unique, but it's the,
0: it, it's the Macquarie of banking.
2: It is. It is the Macquarie. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, Mr. Goodman has done an extraordinarily yes. good job yeah. with that one. Um, I don't think Dexas has got some growth in there. Well, you I go, say I buy as well. I'm going to go buy. Woo. I'm going to go buy. Good yield, no franking, obviously, because there's a reit. But would it
0: be your number one reit?
2: Turn I'm, I'm not a big reit man. Right. I'm not a reit. I'm a bit petite in reits. Okay. I'm reit petite. Because they're thirty percent discounts. Now, yeah, there a lot have
0: of, been, they've been smashed the, the last of months. The problem,
2: and there's a lot of talk about those discounts, the problem is that it's hard to value the assets. They're valued by independent mm. experts. Now, they're being paid by the company to value the assets, so they're yeah. not all that independent. The yeah. only way you can really value the assets is by a liquidity event, which is when they get sold, when there's a transaction. Oh, yeah. There hasn't been a lot of transactions. because Everyone's scared to go to the market and offer a building because if they get a big haircut, then it's going to, trash the rest of the portfolio. It's the ripple effect. The yeah. ripple effect. So, um, But I think, you know, with rates falling, this one's got some growth. They had an investor day the other day. The platform's solid, management's good. Um, it hasn't recovered as well as some of the other REITs, not just Goodman's. Uh, but there are other REITs that have recovered okay. really well as these bond yields have come off. So I'd be a buy on this one.
0: Okay. I can feel a call special coming up in the next week. Oh on the top 10 REITs to buy for the turnaround. Count me out. All right, we won't talk to you. All right, Uh, Whisperer, BetaShares Active Australian Hybrid Fund. Uh, Isaac
1: wants a view on that. What's an Active Australian Hybrid Fund? um, It's been pretty popular. Um, It's got about $2.1 billion funds under management. It's managed, so it's an actively managed ETF. A lot of the ETFs we've been talking about follow an index. This is almost sort of a, a managed fund and ETF clothing, if I can put it so delicately. So managed by uh, Koolabar. bar are good managers. They manage about $4 billion. They've got a pretty good track record. This invests in things like preference shares, oh, hybrids, right. capital oh, notes, okay. cash. And if you think about previously, they were, they were a dime a dozen, you know, yeah. and retail investors were all over it. But of course now, you think about retail investors trying to get exposure. What was it? Westpac Capital those Ten, I think from memory was a recent one. only basically went to sophisticated or wholesale investors. Yeah. So for those of you who yeah. are looking for that sort of exposure across a range, I think they hold about 74 different hybrids and that right. type of those styles of investments. What's the yield? This one is all five oh, the total return has been 5.4 per cent. That's a pretty boring share price. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, um yeah
1: price uh, but it's, there but, it's but just on the side, or, side or, or, are you, or, you buying a share you're not buying a share you're buying more yeah. something that's going to give you a little bit of income yeah. um probably the only thing we need to be mindful of is if the government um continues to ramp up making it harder for people to hold hybrids because they are more risk because remember with hybrids yes. things go bad the uh, debt gets converted to shares, so you get a completely different instrument. It's okay. I don't mind. It's not my preference, but if you're holding it, it's a hold. Okay. Henry?
2: Um, Well, I mean, it does what it says on the tin. Uh, You know, If you're looking for hybrid exposure, these are pretty much all the big banks, hybrids that have been issued over the years. Um, It's got a pretty good yield. It's got a good running yield, about 5.78%. Um, the share price, you're not buying this for capital growth, no. you're buying this for income. If that's what you're after, this is a pretty good way of doing it and spreading the risk. And to be honest, if you're going to get a problem in these hybrids, you're going to get a big problem elsewhere because they're all ANZ, yeah. CBA, Westpac, we NABS. You
0: can get six in a term deposit, I
2: Why are we here then?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, compare because it yeah, yeah, displays yeah, in the yeah, states. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah,
2: no, I agree. Um, okay. But you know, some people do like the hybrids thing, um, and obviously, an active manager will, will extract the maximum yep. juice out of it. So, not a bad way to go. But um, okay. clearly popular. All
0: right, let's go to something a bit more exotic as our final stock of the day. Kyle wants to be on Blackstone Minerals projects in North Vietnam, British Columbia, uh, and WA. Henry, uh, nickel copper projects.
2: Um, well, I'm going to do a bit of a Lego thing here because I saw these guys um, present in London. I was at a mining conference in London. Oh, just last week. Just last, uh, the uh, week before last. The before yeah. Us. So um, yeah, I managed to squeeze that in. So I, I saw these guys present. They were talking a lot They're about. Good? <sighs> the the conference was good. Um, Blackstone, I, I like the guy. Right. Um, it's pretty underappreciated Vietnam in terms of nickel lot of focus in Indonesia on nickel Chinese moving in there with the, the pig yeah. iron and that sort of stuff uh, Scott Williamson's the MD uh, a bit of a go-getter it's a big project they got no money and yeah. it's a way big project for them um, a big processing okay. plant as well they're trying to build up in uh, in, in Vietnam they're going to need funding they're going to need partners they're going to need help um, if they get funding and they get partners then this thing could you know it could be something. But at the moment, it all hinges on that. You can you know, you look at the share price. A bit it's too hard. A nice guy. Good mm. prezzo. Needs funding. Funding's hard to come by at the moment, even yeah. in Vietnam. The government's well and truly behind it. But um, you know, they've got about $6 bucks in cash, which right. is going to go absolutely nowhere, right. even in Vietnam.
0: Okay.
2: Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's all about funding. It's all about yeah. finding a partner.
0: Uh, Andrew is up for you. Do you have an appetite for uh, black minerals?
1: So Koshi, when I was in Denmark, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this um, only, only ten uh, times uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, Look, So the, the things that concern me about this is twenty four thousand dollars a day traded on this right. It's a $44 million market cap, so no one's following it to begin with. As Henry's just told us, because I think he was in London recently, funding is very hard to get a hold of. I like the fact that the board owns 12%, that sort of, you know, shows that they have skin in the game. As you know, it's one of my important measures. I am a little bit concerned, though, that the two brokers who follow it have a consensus target of $0.62 relative to a current share price of nine <laughs> yep. somewhat aspirational did, so, so, did someone talk yeah. about funding and a raise does, does someone <laughs> say <remember> kfc that. <laughs> Someone talk about it? so uh look on balance it's it's no. a no but i'm watching it with interest because okay. okay it's got potential but no okay
0: all right uh, let's recap the final uh five the global x us 100 um henry prefers uh ndq ndq the beta shares uh equivalent because it's much bigger um uh, andrew doesn't mind this but likes ndq as well it has half the management fee global x does of the the beta shares equivalent uh alchem a hole from both henry Says if you want to get into uh, lithium, new money into lithium, Pilbara is probably your option there. Uh, Dexas, a buy from both. Uh, the Beta Active Australian Hybrid, da da da, da uh, a hold from both. And Blackstone, a no from both. Andrew Jennings, good to see you. Thank you kindly. Pleasure, Scott. Uh, Andrew Wyler from DP at Wealth Advisory in Toowoomba, what Lego
1: project are you working on at the moment? The Viking Village ah, is, oh, um, of course. Uh, and, and we're not, and no one's going to tell my wife this, but I also got a really good special on the motorised lighthouse. So, uh, oh, but mum's oh, the word. Like. If anyone tells her, I know where it's come from. Right. Do you
2: think you should change right. the name of DP Wealth, the Denmark Project?
0: <laughs> All, right. Is, uh, All right, it is, it is like right. a cult. It is a
2: cult. It
0: is. It's amazing. Not a good All one. right. Thank you, Jen. It's a lot of fun, incredibly informative today. Don't forget if you've got any stocks you want us to cover here on the call for me to put to our expert panel, uh, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us using the at Ausbiz TV handle. Stick around. The pulse is next right here on Osbiz.